You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Good morning, sports fans. Mike Andoffo here on the Weekend Sports Buzz. The show is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney, where the J stands for justice. Mike is here, and I am actually joined in studio by the beautiful and talented Ashley Miller. And our our sponsor just got in the studio, Brandon J. Lawrence. They're getting all situated right now with their headphones, and they'll be on with us in just a second. But uh, we actually want you all to join in the show. This is the first. This is the last show. We have two more shows in the new year, but then um, the last show before the UK UFL basketball game. I know we got a lot to talk about with uh, Kentucky looking just amazing yesterday, and then Louisville. Uh, I think Louisville had exactly what they needed to get out of that game yesterday, being in a hostile environment, being on a road game. I'm, I'm really nervous about Kentucky not having a road game yet. So, uh, But we're going to go straight to the Oxmoor 4 Lincoln buzz line, 384-1450. Oh, did we lose the truth? We lost the truth. The truth, I'm sure, we'll call back. He's uh, he's always good for it, and he's going to want to talk about IU getting a big win over Butler, getting another top 25 win. Uh, they're actually do- doing pretty well. So, uh, and then one other shout-out to a local school, Eastern Kentucky University, going down to an ACC-ranked opponent on the road and beating Miami by 28 points. I thought they were supposed to be ACC basketball. I mean, ACC basketball, I guess, you know, just a little overrated. I don't know. So. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Oh, okay. I was making sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can't even start the morning off without sarcasm. Well, I put the, well, I put the a word in sarcasm. Let's put it that way. I can't. I guess I can't say that's that. clear. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, uh, Eastern getting a big win, which is uh, which is awesome for them. Congratulations to Eastern Kentucky. But um, here's what it, here's my breakdown on the on the Louisville side. We obviously got to talk about um, a Koi gal transferring from the program. I don't think that's a huge surprise to anyone. Um, to me, it's more of a surprise maybe of who initiated it. Um, I don't know if Okoye initiated it or if Rick initiated it. Um, then we had two, I don't want to, two closer games than Louisville basketball would have hoped for in the last week. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and then we have bowl preparations going on at UofL. On the, oh, yeah. And then the Kentucky side of things, we got a new offensive coordinator. Brandon, you excited about that? Yeah. 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 I don't believe you. There was a there was yeah. a pause there that was quite pregnant, Brandon. <laughs> Let's get some players, man. We're gonna get players. They're they're working on. It. So, um, so we got a new office coordinator. And then Kentucky obviously plays honestly almost a perfect game yesterday, um, and it was it was pretty amazing. I didn't I didn't get to. I was not privileged to sit down and watch that game. So would you fill me in on what did you who did you play UCLA? UCLA he's, are they pretty good? Um, they're not. Um, they were ranked at one point this year. They've they've struggled at times. They lost to North Carolina pretty big. I mean, I, they're definitely not. I don't know. They're not. Uh, they're not a top twenty five by any means right now. But they uh, they've got four McDonald's All Americans on that team. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like they're also they're not you know totally without talent. Um, but it's, so what impressed you the most? Brandon, I'll let you go first in on that one. <laughs> Man, you know, Mike, the game is like it was cool to watch, but well, not even really. It was just painful to watch, man, because those guys, UCLA kind of fit the, the West Coast mode soft, man. Those guys were soft. Well, I mean, my impersonation, it's just it, 
To me, Kentucky and Louisville are the two toughest teams in college basketball to prepare for. Yeah. Louisville because of how their hybrid defense, how they're ch- constantly changing between the man and the zone. Kentucky because of their length. It looked like UCLA was a grade school team shooting against a high school team, and they were literally just throwing up things at the basket just to get a shot off yeah. at, at some points. Kentucky's defense was so amazing because of how they use their length and because they've got guys who are 6'9", 6'10", and 7' foot who can guard the perimeter players. Yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, – it was – it was as perfect of a Kentucky basketball performance as I think I have ever seen, um, especially, I mean, in the first half. You take a powerhouse like UCLA, a traditional powerhouse, and hold them to seven points and a half. That's uh, kind of ridiculous. It's yeah. nuts. Um, I mean, that's, but that's one of those, that's one of those um, games you kind of don't even watch the tape. If you're UK, no, right. you don't even watch it, you know, because. Yeah, I don't feel like you get better from watching that. No. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to harp on? I mean, what what are you going to you you let yeah. them score seven points? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, because that's never. I mean, hope that'll probably never happen again. Um, I will say, season. in high school, we beat a team, one hundred and five to eight. Wow! And they kept going. Yeah, um, oh, but we did good. have to watch that film because she felt like we allowed them to have too many offensive rebounds, and then that. Quickly was uh, <laughs> followed by us doing a lot of running with the ball above our heads to the point where right. folks threw up in garbage cans that were strategically placed in the four corners of the gym. But let's not act like you. I mean, this is not like UCLA is. Um, some it's not poor, Western High School. Yeah, it's not some poor little basketball pro Division One basketball program. This is still freaking yeah. UCLA. I mean, uh, this is still pro- this is a tournament team. UCLA is going to be a tournament team. In the words, I think like to look at it, another way to look at it is Steve Off is bad, man. You yeah, know? he's bad. I mean, he's you know he was he he was brought in. Um, people thought he some people thought he wasn't qualified for the job to begin with. Um, he's he's not good. <laughs> he, he's not, I mean, I mean that's you not, have. I'm you have a perfect voice to say someone's not good. Like, you just made it sound it's so made, nice. Yeah, like, it did. He's just not good. He's not good. I mean, <laughs> because that's not the player's fault right there. That's not the player's fault. That Those guys were not prepared for that stage from the beginning. You know, you're at the United Center. You play, you're sitting in nice seats. Um, you know, I'm talking about the players sitting in the nice leather seats. I mean, that's that's when you like you know you do your thing, man. Um, and that's been evident with this Kentucky team. I mean, because yeah, they've looked yeah. they've looked terrible when the stage has not been big. Yeah. I mean, only losing, only beating Columbia by ten and barely beating Buffalo by eighteen or whatever. But then when they get on that national stage, oh, every single time they've Special. risen. I mean, and it's uh, which makes next week that much more exciting because to me. This is the first time Kentucky's put on those blue uniforms, and they're going into a hostile environment, uh-huh. and they're going against a team that is extremely hard. That it's really easy for a team to have a bad shooting day against Louisville. Oh sure. And uh, I don't know exactly how they're going to react. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, this is this is going to be a huge test. The best opponent they've played by far so far, you know, in the season. And oh, yeah. no uh, doubt, no doubt about it. But and, I mean, you know, I, I think they'll be up to it. Um, I think they're looking forward to it, to keep the streak going. What is it like, six in a row now? 
Yeah, what is it, Ashley? I don't know. Three years who in a row? Who cares? <laughs> I mean, who's counting? One in, <laughs> one in six is what Cal's versus Patino since he's been in Lexington. I, I was in, I was I was somewhere yesterday. Or and guy, against, Patino's got the one win. One in six. <laughs> Patino's got one win. <laughs> Cal's got six. Somebody tried to tell me that, um, this is UofL fan, somebody, he tried to tell me that this game was like, had had not a lot of significance. Yeah, right. And I said, come on. This is, whoever says that's crazy. This, is, this game is specifically, I mean, yeah. both teams are going to be top four. I'm telling you Both teams are undefeated. This game determines who goes further in the tournament. It does every year. Maybe. It does every year. I pay attention to that. The year, you think, you just say like the last three years. Last year, Kentucky won. You all made it to the national championship game. The year before that, Louisville won. We won the national championship. The year before that, Kentucky won. They won the national championship. Right. Like, it's a nice little streak, I mean, especially for, yeah. you think about the state of basketball in the state of Kentucky. It was really awesome, obviously. Yeah. Kentucky I, went to the Final Four the year before that. Just I mean, you know, uh, if you want to continue, that's yeah. fine. But <laughs> I do, actually. So. Well, you want to go further? <laughs> I mean, come on, Mike. Oh, yeah, man. Shout out to... Uh, it's 10-13. <laughs> Can I at least East make Kentucky, it to 11? Right? Yeah, that's what we were just talking Eastern about when Kentucky? you all were walking in. Eastern Kentucky with the big win over Flo- over Miami, you know, taking down that ACC-ranked opponent. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what you're getting the ACC. <laughs> That's what you were talking right. about, the yeah. ACC, ACC sarcasm when we walked in the door. No, ACC, the, this this league for the ACC is it's phenomenal. I mean, yeah. I, it's it's going to be it's, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be crazy. And uh, it's it's just amazing. I mean, and that's that's what makes it Louisville will be will be so tested by the time we get to the tournament. That's what I thought. That's good. That's what I really feel like they got the benefit out of yesterday. Was going to Western, which was definitely a hostile environment, and having to play that that tough road game, and uh, I, I really feel like Louisville got a lot out of yesterday. Yeah, I think we had well, and then it also made us look at who steps up in the event that Trez isn't playing or is having a bad game or whatever. And I'm I'm sure we'll talk about that situation um, sooner. But it was nice to well, actually I didn't get to see it because I was seeing patients all day yesterday and I was very sick about it. But um, nice to see who steps up in situations yeah, like that. Terry was amazing. Right. That's what I heard. So, <laughs> so <laughs> are you okay? No. Are you proud of me that I didn't start with the Trez thing? Actually, I'm impressed because okay. I thought that was the first thing going on as soon as I walked in the door. All right, but we got a guy on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line. He's I'm back. sure he's about to say something about it. Come well, on. He's going to say something about IU beating a ranked team last night, beating Butler at, uh, in Indianapolis. The truth is on the line. Truth, what is going on, my man? What's happening, man? I'm going to first talk about that West Kentucky game. I mean, that was a pretty physical game. It was. Uh, it definitely was. I mean, uh, it was. it was that brand of basketball, you know? Here's what I don't like about the kind of basketball. Uh, I, I like playing physical, but you know, you got like in the Big Ten, they allow you to play when Indiana plays Louisville. The, the, the calls they was you know throwing their elbow, they didn't call them. Then yesterday that was called. Them. I just want people to referee just be assisted when they doing stuff like that. Are you gonna let them throw the elbow go to the hoop? Are you gonna let them hand check because? You don't, you know. I know Tom Crean brings referees in to uh, practice, but you know, I just want them just to come out and tell them what what they can't do and what they can't do. And that it definitely varies from conference to conference, and just referee staff to referee staff. And I know that that's part of a lot of team scouting reports is the officials and who and what are their tendencies and what are they going to call and what can you do. But uh, are you? Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's you kind of have to adjust to the way a game is getting officiated. So. Because that Butler game was pretty physical yesterday, and I 
Indiana Butler was playing pretty physical, and we got, we hold up pretty good. About hey, I got a question for you, Mike. Did you hear about the guy from Duke getting ready to transfer? Uh, Simi Olaje, yes. Uh, and I don't know where he's going yet. Uh, I do know from my IU sources that even though IU has got those two commitments for next year, which that puts them already, they don't have any room on the roster. I mean, those two guys, they got to lose two guys just to get those two guys in. Tom Crean's still looking to add two more guys. So there's going to be four guys on this IU team that are not going to be there next year. Oh, yes. I, I heard that, too. So – uh, if if he can find the guys he wants. I mean, there's definitely going to be two of these guys that are going to be gone. Uh, I'm sure he would love to take a look at Olajay, who was a very good high school player coming out of, I believe he came out of Kansas, um, and a very intelligent kid, the kind of kid that IU really would love to have in the program. Uh, but that at the same time, though, that those positions for IU are pretty full, um, uh, you know, with the, those kind of wing scores. Um, how about IU getting it done yesterday without getting a great game out of Blackman? Uh, but I, uh, uh, I'm telling you what, I'll tell you something I, I wish people give credit to is Yogi Ferrell. Yogi Ferrell, how can Yogi Ferrell not be a top, top team uh, point goal in the country? I don't understand that. Uh, what do you think, what do you got, your brain? Yogi Ferrell. <laughs> He's top 10 um, for, for guards under six feet. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's fair. Um <laughs> He's gonna be a first round pick. He's gonna stay at Indiana. He's gonna be better. He's better than Peyton Seaver. Ooh, that's <laughs> <laughs> not hard. That's not hard. That's not hard. Now. Truth. Hold on now. Y'all not gonna be ragging on the boys now. I I don't. Yeah, he's better than Peyton Seaver. I, I think he's better than Peyton Seaver. Hey, I'm gonna tell you who's gonna be one of the best player ever played at, out of Indiana, and he's gonna be an impact as soon as he get to the NBA. Troy Williams is gonna be. Better than anybody played at Kentucky. Troy Grimm's going to be off the chart. He's definitely long and athletic enough to to fit that bill for fit the NBA style. If he gains a little more weight and um, he's his shooting percentage has gone way up, I feel like he's taking better shots and um, he rebounds really well for his size too. I mean, I I, I could see him having a very nice career and he's going to get a chance just because of his family connections. Victor Oladipo. You remember how Tom Crean brought Victor Oladipo? If he stay in that system next year, he'd be the first pick next year. Maybe I don't know about that, Troy. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be, he'll definitely could be, move up into it. So, and I love Troy, so I'd love to see him do well. So, all right, Truth, we're gonna let you go. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right, man. We're gonna go back to the Oxmoor Four Lincoln Buzz Line, and we have Carolina Steve. Carolina, Kentucky did not go. With the offense coordinator from Eastern from East Carolina, they got the guy from West Virginia. Uh, a lot of fans are probably a little upset about it. Bad they. mistake. Yeah, bad mistake. But you know how I found out about it? I found out about it before I heard anything up here on my uh, East Carolina sources on the uh, Facebook. Uh, Hoist the flag and uh, uh, pirates, fantastic! That's where I saw the thing about it. Uh, I think for the offense that. Uh, they want to run that Lincoln would have been the perfect man to do it. Uh, he's had experience. Uh, uh, East Carolina's number five in the nation. He has taken players that probably couldn't even make it as walk-ons at Kentucky and has won with them at East Carolina with these walk-ons and everything. As a matter of fact, the leading receiver in the history of the NCAA college football 
was a walk-on. Yep. He was offered one scholarship, and that was to a Division II team. So he and then they're killing it, and they're going to have a chance to really get on the big stage and take on the Florida Gators. Um, you like their chances? I love them. I think that we uh, we're sitting there where that uh, they've got an interim coach, Coach McNeil, posted something on uh, East Carolina site that he has actually gone through this when they fired the coach at Texas Tech, Coach McNeil, our head coach took over for the bowl game, and that's where Lincoln Riley made his uh, debut as an offensive coordinator, and they won 41-31, to 31, so he knows what to expect out of this thing at all. And finally, one thing, Montrez Harrell yesterday was jobbed. From what I saw in slow motion, he never hit anybody. Well, I don't know. Because if he – I don't. I agree with he might not have made contact, but I think when he makes the fist and makes the motion, I still think you've got to actually well, – if you check this picture on the front of the Courier Journal, there's a couple people in white with their fists balled up here. But they didn't make the motion. They didn't make the motion. Oh, I'm just on, you got to throw the punch. Yeah, I mean, I mean obviously he, got, he extended made, he the, made the, arm. the motion twice. I mean, that's that's the other thing. And he also kicked a guy. So um, can we? Re- I mean, I get that because I think that nobody should ever lose their head in a situation like that especially somebody that's supposed to be a leader of a team however had i been the person pushed down on the floor and had people like wow I all totally, around like that i saw it totally differently it's like a bad i mean it was a i just watched the play. entire thing but i mean did you not see there were two different guys that pushed him down i didn't see anything that didn't happen in a normal scrum for a basketball yeah. are you kidding yeah no one should no, be well, you know, I, I, and i'm only hearing this from L fans None of the commentators or the national pundits or anything are talking about what provoked Montrose Harrell. So I don't, I don't really see that. But because Carolina, everyone wants to talk about the what you think, and you always talk about in football and basketball, any sport is always a person that retaliates is the one that gets caught. Right. So, but they started the video that I saw initially was started as he's like getting off the floor. So it looks like, oh, well, he just got up and punched somebody. Well, I saw it live. I saw it happen. I mean, I saw the whole thing. I watched it like 12 times. So, (laughs) all right, Carolina, (laughs) we're going to let you go. We actually, we're going to come back. We're going to go take a break right now. I just want to tell you all Merry Christmas, and I may talk to you all next week. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. We're going to go ahead and take our first break of the hour, and we're going to come right back. We will talk about the Montrez Harrell situation. Um, And I honestly feel, you know, I got my point on it. And I think Montrez kind of echoed those statements a little bit. And uh, I thought he handled it really well, by the way. And we will be right back on the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back. Weekend Sports Buzz brought to you by Brand J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. The J stands for justice. And the man, Brand J. Lawrence, is in-house with us right now. Brandon, thank you for your sponsorship. Hey, really appreciate it. Keeping uh, me, Ashley, and Kelly on the air. Hey, hopefully we represent you well. It's a tough job. Man. I really miss Kelly you guys today. Guys, you great. Yeah, where's Kelly? Because you're because you're outnumbered. That's the only reason you miss Kelly. because you're no, outnumbered. No, I can handle you all. <laughs> Kelly's coming from Dave Chappelle, man. Uh, I, Kelly had a wedding. I think that is it where he ended up going. Family. What wedding. is this? Okay, I'm not even gonna talk about it. So why she always has on purple eye makeup? Oh, she's you're, fine. <laughs> are you serious? We're he's, talking about ESPN. Uh, what's he her has name? To be joking. What's I don't know what her name is. We're watching sports in right now. Somebody's bringing on uh, Falcons and Saints. So. Uh, anyway, going to get into the Montrez Harrell situation. So we just kind of we'll run down kind of what happened. There was a there was a there was a shot. There was a rebound that Montrez grabs and then shot. gets poked out, <laughs> poked out of his hand. Shot was fired. Loose ball. Yeah. 
Montrez dies on the fourth of the loose ball. There's three Western Kentucky players over him. T.J. Price for Western Kentucky, no doubt about it, puts his puts his arms on the back of Montrez. And what, to me, it didn't look like it was a malicious push by T.J. Price. Him on, he pushed he, him down. <laughs> he looked more to me like he was trying to gain leverage so his team could get the ball. It's not like he put his foot behind him and like gave him a hard push. It was like two hands barely. You still can't do that. It's it happens all in every <laughs> no, it scrimmage doesn't. on the floor. You, I mean, it's honestly, this UofL – UofL is only one year removed from the Big East, and it's like they forget how to play physical basketball. That's there's a difference between physical basketball and, and I'm also malicious f- intent. Like there's physical basketball, you you hit and bang with people in the in in the I don't know. You, you, there was nothing malicious about what TJ Price did. It wasn't anything malicious. I think I, now that I think about it, I think that Montrez was like, man, this is West Kentucky. Look, I'm you know. If if he, if he gets pushed by somebody from Carolina, um, Syracuse, or wherever you know ACC ball, might not have had that huge reaction. But I think he's like, man, what are these guys doing? We shouldn't even be playing with these guys. I bet I think that's probably he was just irritated. He was, a, he was aggravated. He was aggravated, and and you know he overreacted, and then uh, and he admitted so. Yeah, I thought he handled himself in the yeah. post game. Uh, unbelievably well, like just and and said basically what I felt like happened. He's an emotional guy. He plays with a lot of energy. He lost his cool for a little bit. He definitely should not have gone up and come, started swinging. No, <laughs> well, no, not with those. Uh, if it would have been me, man, if he would have connected, I probably would have tackled the girl. If he would have connected, he would have dropped the dude. That's what, and that's why I said if he was really yeah. trying to hurt somebody, he would. It was like a Klitschko. It was a Klitschko right hook. We gotta get him on the knockout hour. Get Montrez here on the knockout hour. There we go. <laughs> but I mean, my thing about and I and I listen. You will not hear, and I don't think this is gonna come out of Brandon either. The other thing that really aggravates me is the double standard. Because if that was a Kentucky player, Louisville fans would be on social media talking about that thuggy Kentucky whatever. Oh, sure. And I'm not gonna call Montrez a thug. Sure. I have too much respect for him. Way too much respect for Montrez, and especially after how he handled the situation. But it seems like. You know, I'm I'm sick of tar- seeing the Facebook picture of Montrez on the ground with three Western Kentucky players over the top of him, saying how oh he was definitely provoked. Because well, I'll tell you this: if that were me when I was in college, and I will say that I was not very a very emotional player, I was probably the one that kept my cool more than anybody. Definitely physical, definitely play really physical, being a post player. But had I been in a game and playing against St. Mary of the Woods or freaking Lisa Leslie and the gang and someone were going for a loose ball and someone intentionally pushes me, like extends their arms and pushes me down, we're going to have a problem. Uh, I don't think that was anything that you wouldn't see in most loose ball situations. Yeah, you, I mean, you How many loose ball situations have we seen and people are not like pushed, like people dive on the ground and fight over, they scuffle over the they're ball that way. They're trying to do whatever they can do to help their teammates get yeah, the ball. Yeah, but they're not, yeah. this is not football. That People do that in football when you push people down. Man, the way these guys football. are padded up anymore, it's almost like football. They're all wearing these like shin pads and knee pads and arm, you know, chest protectors. And I mean, it's crazy. But the, uh, I just, you know, Montrez, there was a lot of debate whether or not Montrez should have been thrown out or not thrown out. No. The, the second he, first off, the kick, to me, was enough to get him thrown out. Second off, he threw, when he makes a fist and makes the punching motion, at that point, you got to go. You got to go. You got to go. You got to go. I mean, they saved him from himself because it might have gotten a lot more chippier. So, you know, I think I think well, they did the right thing. Well, then the referee's 
immediately yeah. went into that second half. Western had Western had seven fouls in the first under before the first four, under four timeout. Changed the tone of the game. Yeah, so yeah. they they were in the uh, they put Louisville in the bonus real quick, and you know I also don't think Rick Pitino handled it very well. Especially, well, I'm sure he's sitting there like. He just pushed my player. So, obviously, and my thought is, like, you have to, of course, protect your team, number one. Number two, you're always going to get on the officials because there's what I heard. There was some chippiness going on before that that they were not handling. I'm not saying anybody was innocent. I'm saying that (laughs) the referees are supposed to police the game. And if they're not doing that, people get hurt. Stuff like this happens. So, I'm saying as a a coach, you're going to be, of course, protecting your player. You're going to be on the the officials for not policing the game and protecting everybody. And then three, he's he's probably sitting there like, if you're going to eject him, then you've got to get everybody that was involved. Like, the guy who pushed him, I'm sorry, whether you say that's he in the normal. He he's not been, ejected, but he should pushing? definitely got a technical for that. For the other guys that so. were on the backside of it that were pushing him away. How many away, times do you see pushes in, pushing in games where they don't throw technicals? They, in the middle of a situation like that is very, very different. People pushing around each other versus people listen, pushing around when a no, punch has been thrown. You see things under the basketball time where two guys push each oh, other. Yeah. And this because the only reason that – no one gets the technicals because one guy didn't throw a punch. They had the they had the wherewithal to not throw a punch. There's stuff that happens. Under I've the also basket. seen people be under the basket pushing each other and get technicals called or double technicals. Like if I just don't think you cannot. If it's been building to that, you cannot punish one person or one side of it when there's clearly all these other people. He's involved. the only guy who threw a punch. Yeah, but all these other people. So people nah. can push. They can push nah, them, and nobody that says anything. All the time. It does not. I have played basketball my entire life. I know it didn't happen all the time. Want to get pushed that day? Um, he's a prima donna. Who's that? Montrez. He's definitely not a prima donna. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's. Prima I'm sticking donna. up the action on that one. He's a prima donna. I like the I like the poking the bear thing. That once they, <laughs> once they, once they, once they labeled him an all American. He's just changed, man. I see him walking down the street. He's. Oh, you're just talking. <laughs> <laughs> that, you yeah. took it too far now. Yeah. <laughs> we got. Uh, I mean, he is. Uh, he could quite possibly be the best player in college basketball, in my opinion. I mean, uh, and that's. Uh, and uh, it's going to be how is I mean how are you going to handle this, the emotion of what's going to be like next Saturday? You well, know, because I think the majority will, of that will be on our side because it's a home game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's I would be less likely. I would be more worried if we were at. He'll foul out if we were. That's at, what I'm worried about. For, he'll for foul out because I mean, yeah, because he's got to play 38 minutes. Got to. And no, can he stay out of foul trouble against that kind of size? And play 38 minutes. Because he's going to try to run that baseline, you know, for the oops, whatever. They're just going to – they're going to they're gonna hit him. You guarantee it's it's going to get physical yesterday. So the 27th is going to be crazy. Especially when you're going to get the match – you're going to get the talk of two of the guys that are being mentioned for player of the year in the country with Montrez and Willie Cauley-Stein. Right. And you're going to get all that hype. And they're two totally different players, you know. Right. But you got to respect what both of them do, you know. Do you feel, for example, do you feel like Montrez is the best player on the floor? Will be the best player on the floor next Saturday? Honestly, I don't know. I would say, well, I say overall, overall, in terms of probably the person that's most on top of their game right now, I would say yes. Because I think Kentucky has a you lot of Montrez, awesome players, well, but not necessarily actualizing their potential yet. I think that yeah, I, he's going to be probably the most impact, like impactful. U of L can't afford to lose him. Well, without a doubt. Well, there's yeah. no question. I mean, that's that's obvious yeah, that's, when you got the depth that Kentucky way. has. Yeah. 
But is Montrez better than if Montrez was on Kentucky? Would he be the our best front court player? No. You, you would take Willie still? No, nah, I wouldn't even take him. I take like I take Trey uh, or Carl or Carl. Yeah, because there's no doubt Carl gets yeah. drafted first out of that whole bunch. Yeah, those, maybe yeah. Willie, Carl. They could both get drafted before Montrez. Yeah, mainly just because of you know how the NBA is. It's all about what they can become, and I think Montrez is kind of. He is going to be what he is now, right? You know, right. right. So, no respect, disrespect to him. I mean, right. He's going to still be a lottery pick. I think Montrez is the best college player on the floor Saturday. I actually think that Terry Rozier might be the best perimeter player on the floor. I agree with you. Maybe I always said that. I mean, I, I said that last that's a good year. Point. Terry was freaking awesome yesterday. I mean, I, I, you got to talk about a guy who, with that hostile situation, and he got, he did still got, he got a technical in the second half. He got tangled up, and they teed up both guys. Um. Which was probably wouldn't have been a technical if the first incident probably didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But he, uh, for the most part, you don't see Terry show a lot of emotion usually at all. At all, he's I mean, so he's like probably the most professional guard or player I've ever seen. But for for him to put that team on Louisville. his shoulders the way he did in the second half and end up with thirty two points, um, it was it was incredible. And I just love how Terry can beat you in so many different ways. Yeah, I love him. So. Trying to see, pull up real quick how many points he had. It's going to be my man crush Monday. <laughs> Terry Rozier. Not because of that, but just because, because. Oh, because he's of a great his. Player. You like that fish hook in his. Um, I hate that. I want to shave his head. He's, he's from Ohio. He's from Cleveland. Well, outside of Cleveland. Did they, LeBron doesn't have that fish hook. Terry had he's 20, from Akron. Terry had 26 points. <laughs> 26, 26 points in the second half. He's a baller, man. Mm-hmm. He's a baller. And he missed. He was six for ten from the field, three for four from three point range, and eleven for twelve from the from the free throw line. And uh, I just the the kid is, I mean, to me he's just incredibly good. It's and uh, he's another guy that I think will have a really nice NBA career just because he can do so many different things. Uh, but I think outside of those two guys that Louisville has, Chris Jones is not better than Tyler Eulis or Andrew Harrison. Chris Jones is, uh-uh. uh, uh-uh. you know I. You know, Mont- Wayne, yeah. Wayne Blasher wouldn't see the floor. He'd be Derek Willis. Uh, <laughs> you keep talking about my cousin. I'm just, you know, I'm just being real. I'm being real. Shanani wouldn't see the floor. I mean, it's it, there's just the drop off yeah. after that. Yeah, you know, big drop off. And you know, um, <laughs> I think the beauty Derek in Willis. that, which will be really interesting, though, is always interesting for me, <clears throat> is how like our teams and philosophies in the players that are recruited couldn't be more different. Absolutely. And I think And still be successful um, at both places. And I honestly I think I had had this conversation with someone else like a while ago that um it it honestly like strokes the back of Patino for the caliber of teams he's able to put together with players that are not they're not all five star players. And I think he does a very good job of well, I've always said that getting people to buy into the system and he's the best at finding the diamond in the rough there is. Mm-hmm. I mean, Terry is the perfect example. Terry, basically, growing up outside of Cleveland in a fairly wealthy suburb, actually is where he went to high school, and didn't really get into playing a whole lot of AU basketball. He happened to be uh, invited to LeBron's camp because he was the, like the local kid that they invited to LeBron's camp, not because of anything else. Patino saw him there, but he was relatively unknown. He wasn't getting a lot of play he's like hey i like what this kid is locked him up early you know he did the same thing kind of with scott pageant um when he was at kentucky I mean, he's done things with you know going out and find gorgie and all these other guys and um he is unbelievable and, and but 
for what he does, it kind of works. If you can mm-hmm. take a kid like that, that's not his ego's not through the roof, and you know in that first year, Patino's going to rip him down, strip him of everything that he does and everything he knows about basketball, so that he can build him back up, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then be in the mold that he wants him to be. Right? Twelve step program. It kind of <laughs> is. You know? the, the break between break between you know, twelve steps. Now. That's a, it's worked for him really well. It hasn't worked as far as you know, really putting guys in the league. But that's not what it's all about. You know, it's it's, it's, it's you know, about college basketball. It's about college basketball. So uh, the interesting thing also from yesterday's game, the Western Kentucky game, Shaquan Aaron does not play. Mm-hmm. Were you a little surprised about that? I was surprised because I I honestly assumed that we've been waiting for so long that he'd be the first person in the game. Well, it wasn't like he. Uh, it's not like he. Hasn't been practicing, you right. know, so it's not like he should be out of basketball shape or behind. He doesn't trust him yet. I'm confident in that. Like, it's really, it's interesting because I think um, Patino is, even with like younger players, like he's hesitant because there were times, especially even last season, that I felt like Terry Rozier was the better choice to be on the court over Chris Jones, but he played Chris Jones, I think, because he was older. Like, he doesn't always trust like these freshmen in, um, in every situation. And it always makes me question, like, what does he see that we don't see? Like, what does he see in practice right. that we don't see? It always makes me wonder, but I just thought for sure, as much as we fought for Shaquan Aaron to get eligible, that he'd be the first person sitting right next to him on the bench. Yeah, I th- he made a mistake. I think he made a mistake <laughs> last year with uh, Jones. He should he let he let him play too long. I think he should have – is it Rozier? Rozier. Rozier? Yeah, like Clifford Rozier oh, okay. back in the day. Yeah. The Carolina guy. They came to U of L. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ro- yeah, Rozier, he probably should have played a lot more. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. But he showed his, you he know, he's, I, at the same time, you know. kind of wonder if, like, it, is that him, like, keeping Terry hungry and then Terry blows up the way he did over the summer and goes to Adidas Nations and gets on the on the scene. I mean, he, th- Terry's the lottery pick right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no question about it. And uh, it's just, uh, it's incredible to see, you know, what he did in the second half yesterday was just so impressive. I, I you know, it it was you know just like uh, it was just as impressive as what Kentucky did as a team. So, um, all right, we are going to take a, a break, and then we will be right back. We'll continue breaking down some more UK U of L stuff, um, as it will be. You know, this is probably the majority of this show, and then uh, we'll have Ashley's crazy do some NFL picks, you know, and and have some fun. We'll be right back on the weekend sports bus. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. All right, Mike Kandavo here with Ashley Miller and Brandon J. Lawrence. And we are here on the Weekend Sports Buzz. Again, brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Where the J stands for justice. Call Brandon for all of your personal injury needs. And he'll take good care of you. You ready? Uh, Does it get crazy for you around New Year's? You know what? No. No? I mean, it's summertime. I mean, so. I, I thought Kelly would be calling you like at 1 o'clock every year. <laughs> 1 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> hey, Brandon, this is Kelly Patrick. I'm, uh, you know, another DUI. Another oh, you're no. talking about DUIs. <laughs> you don't do all that stuff, I guess, do you? No, nah, I don't. I'm not anymore, man. Nah. I just do the personal injury and, you know, if you die over at the jail or something like that. Yeah? I'm your man. Tark hits you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. All right, I'll run outside. Run, run <laughs> Don't oh, do man. it. No. It's not worth it. 
So uh, we're just talking during the break a little bit, getting excited about the Belk Bowl. You know, uh, fans are getting excited. Uh, UVL leaves on the 26th. Man, they get there and they I have. I think they leave like 24th. I thought they left the day after Christmas. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I thought they left the day before. I could be. I could have made that up. But uh, it's kind of interesting. We're not really hearing a lot of out of out of U of L's camp about the Belk Bowl and their preparations, and especially the quarterback situation. I mean, everybody wants to know who the quarterback's going to be. <laughs> yeah, the last article I read um, in the Courier Journal, I think last week, said um, where Petrino was still saying he didn't know. But I was like, it's a no brainer. He played bowling. Wow. Because I think he's honestly the the one that fits his system the best. I just, you know, we were talking about what Rick sees in practices with mm-hmm, these guys. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Petrino's going to put, Bolin's the guy that fits the Petrino mold. We've talked about mm-hmm. that on the show more and more. So what has he seen in practice? I mean, right. that's holding him back. That we've, us as fans have only seen Bolin play for those three quarters. You know. And he was balling. And he was, and <laughs> he was as impressive as you can be, Okay. But obviously, there's something there that we don't see on a day-to-day basis, and um, you know, a lot of this is keeping Georgia where they don't know who to prepare for. Even though I still don't feel like that's really that big of a deal, mm-hmm. um, but there's got to be something to us not seeing the Reggie and Kyle every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to me, it looked like there was no doubt about it. Kyle the the it factor that Kyle had that Reggie just does not seem to have. I think it's swag. That's exactly. It's confidence, swag. Just I want Reggie to have more swag. Command of the team, you know? More swag. Yeah. I mean, Kyle Bowen has swag for days. <laughs> but it's coming into the quarterback situation. When did, when did, when, uh, what's this guy, Bowling? He came in, what, second quarter? Yeah. Yeah, second quarter. It's a big difference, though, you know? I mean, preparing for a game, knowing you're going to start versus. And it's a lot to be said for him coming in and being ready to play. But having that pressure of actually starting a game, I mean, you know, it's one of those what-have-you-done-for-me-lately thing because uh, Bonifan, he killed it at Notre Dame, you know, on the big stage. Mm-hmm. And um, you don't know what you're going to – you really don't know what you're going to get with this guy on, you know, in a big-time game starting. Well, this week would be their bowl preparation week. Yeah. So they, they've gone through all their mini camp stuff. I have a hard time believing that they go to practice tomorrow not knowing who their quarterback is. No, I'm they sure they already sure. know who it is. They just haven't told us yet. Yeah, the team knows. I yeah. would guess that. I would guess they already know. They just haven't told us. But it's been a very hush hush out of the Louisville camp. This is a, this is a big game for Louisville. I mean, again, it's, it's a huge game for Louisville. Going up against a, a Georgia team that uh, at at points looked like they could be in the hunt to play in the playoff picture, and then they had some yeah. really bad losses and. They obviously run the ball as well as anyone in the country. Extremely well. I have to um, – I think it's funny as a fan and then as like a, I guess, sportscaster person, always thinking about um, how Louisville football, especially the past several years, ends up in these bowl games where – like they've played their butt off all season and they always end up in these bowl games against people and everyone's like, oh, pff, Louisville's about to get blown out. I'm like, actually, it's funny because I hear that every single time. Like, I've been getting so many messages from Georgia fans after I posted my picture of my uh, Bird Gang t-shirt. Like, y'all are getting but We're going to blow y'all out. It's not even going to be a good game. Like, all the stuff. And I'm like, every single time. Which is good because I think they normally, like, come out with a huge chip on the shoulder because they have no Let's, respect. Georgia lost to South Carolina Florida, so they can lose the, they can lose the Louisville. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, they can lose the Louisville. I think people just look at the numbers. People don't know any better. Well, people around here saw what Georgia did at Kentucky, and that's not a fair 
That was a really bad Air matchup for Kentucky. And I don't think that was a fair way to – and Georgia played unbelievable. <clears throat> so um, I don't think that's fair to, to judge it off that. You know, you can't say, well, Georgia beat Kentucky by 50 and Louisville barely beat Kentucky, and that's – so therefore, that's the way it's going to be. Brandon, what's your, your take on it? Georgia's got a strong running game. Uh, it was better with Gurley, but it's good. It's Chubb's good still with good, Chubb. yeah. yeah. Um, you know, if they can stop, if Louisville can stop the run, which they're obviously capable of doing, then then Louisville should win the game. But mm-hmm. you know, the last Belk Bowl that Louisville was in, they lost North Carolina State. So mm-hmm. you know, I think that was Teddy's freshman year. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, count. It will be. It will, <laughs> yeah, it does, it does we don't, we don't even talk about that. <laughs> Stopping the run there is really the key. I mean, because so they sell out to stop the run, yeah. and it, it exposes to me Holloman's poor. The, the Holloman's an incredible defensive back as far as covering someone and making picks and plays on the ball. Hmm. Uh-huh. He's a terrible tackler. Yeah, I was going to say. Speaking at, of, um, go ahead when you finish your thought. Well, he's just terrible at, at he's terrible on the run defense side of things and being at making that open field tackle and all that kind of stuff. And to me, it was interesting that he made his decision, decision to go to the beforehand because yeah. he's going to be overanalyzing a game that's not going to showcase his skills very well at all. And and that was that was my uh, question for you is what what you guys thought about that because I had read um, several of the um, I guess NFL analysts are like commenting obviously on our players that. Um, are projected to go to the NFL, and several of them were saying that Holloman should stay another year. Yeah, I don't he think he's, he's made a good ready. decision. I mean, I, he he's probably not a first day pick. Wow. Yeah, I uh, don't know. I mean, it's like okay, he got this big award. He what tied the record for interceptions, so he's probably feeling himself like real real tough right now. Well, there was a time though when the Heisman was a pretty big award, and those guys never played well in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, college was, awards aren't the same. It's not. The, it's just not the same. You know. I think it's the same. It's the same. It's just depend it depends, you know, the criteria for winning uh the criteria for winning it might vary coast to coast or whatever. But Holloman's a solid player. He's definitely a solid player. Um he should go. I mean, what else can he do? You, you win the Thorpe Award, there's nothing else to win. Mm-hmm. He's not Charles Woodson, so he's not gonna come back and go both ways and win and win the Heisman. So this is his and U of L really, I mean, quiet's kept is like D B U, right? You know those. Uh, who's the cat that went to uh, the Jets last year? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I know safety prior. Yeah. Prior, yeah. Prior, yeah. Um, you know, first round pick. Yeah, I mean William Gay's flourishing. Mm-hmm. Um, Rose. They've got a lot. Of, yeah, Kerry Rose. They've got a lot of DB. So go. I mean, what else can he do? Well, I think he can improve his tackling. Yeah, I always <laughs> like, and we just talk about we just talk about Montrez Harrell, but in a whole totally different way today. But I think the decision he made to come back and work on his jump shot and work on like solidifying his game so that he's more likely to get in the NBA and have some type of longevity and not get like shot to the D League initially. Mm-hmm. I think that that might be. Well, yeah, because last year Montrez was one dimensional. I mean, he yeah. could catch the rim around two, you know, two feet around the basket, and he can go up and dunk it. Yeah, could this he gotten drafted? Sure. Yeah, he probably would have gotten drafted in the twenties, mm-hmm. and now he's getting drafted, you know, seven, you know, somewhere in that range. And so, um, and he could go up higher. Montrez definitely helped himself, and so did Willie Cauley Stein. Um, same thing. Willie Cauley Stein could have gone last year and gotten drafted in the mm-hmm. teens, and but he's going back and showing what he can do that, you know, hardly anyone you've ever seen in college basketball can do. Which is, I mean, it's just amazing. And then, you know, as far as him being a guard, six foot guards, and uh, yeah. being as athletic he is, and his upside is just so huge. Both those guys make good decisions. I think Holloman should have came back. 
I think mm-hmm. a lot of people feel like Holloman should have came back. And I feel like his decision should not have come in a game where he's going to get oh now he's going to get overanalyzed and potentially exposed. and exposed on, uh, against a team that he didn't want to really you know for you're talking about for his tackling yeah well yeah. it's, it's, it's one of those things you know I think Dion said it um, what did they say <laughs> they talked about his tackling you know I mean I in these schemes. In these defensive schemes, I don't think that really tackling is not a priority for these DBs. You know, I mean, it's it's you got these lockdown corners, or if you if that's shutdown corners, if you wanted to call it that, you get paid for covering, you know, the the other team's best receiver. I don't think you get paid. You know, the linebackers and the linemen get paid to tackle. You know, but I mean, your point. It's definitely, you know, it's well taken. But I think I don't think you can tackle him. I mean, what are you gonna do? Like a bunch of Oklahoma drills next year? Stay for <laughs> stay to get knocked out a couple more times. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's that's legit. I mean, you gotta go. I guess when you're the hot name. I mean, the other thing he's got going for him, he's, he is six two, and I think oh yeah, the DBs DBs with size are a pretty good commodity. You know, he's got range. He's got range. He's yeah. obviously a great athlete. Uh, I think he thinks he's the next the Ed Reed. He thinks he's Ed Reed. Mm. Or think... Sean Taylor, man. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody t- probably told him that. All right, man. we got a couple minutes before the end of the hour, so we'll keep it on the football talk. And just, Brand, what's your overall? I know you said, you know, we got to get players. But what's your overall take on Kentucky's hire to uh, get? I was surprised that they were able to get an office coordinator from West Virginia. Like, to me, I would think most people think West Virginia is a better football program than Kentucky. Sure. And then that sure. was kind of a – and, it, you know, it was the same position. Tells me that Kentucky's finally really paying these guys because he's obviously got to get paid. And to me, it had to be where the guy felt like he was going to have more freedom to do what he wanted to do than maybe what he was getting at West Virginia. Because West Virginia's head coach is an offensive-minded guy. Stoops, obviously being a defensive-minded guy, probably gives him a little more yeah, light to shine in maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Stoops would probably just turn the offense over to that guy. You know, until to, to see if to see if it works. I mean, but I think the next the next level for Kentucky is, uh, and you got you got a lot more faith in the football program than me. <laughs> but well, yeah, we also probably want different things. Like I just want them to be competitive, and I want to be in. I want to be. I'm, listen, I'm not gonna hide. It. I want to be entertained until basketball starts. <laughs> All right? That's what I want it to be competitive. And, and you heard it here first. I can't. I just can't see why they can't win more. I mean, you think about it, right? Kentucky has has probably some of the most uh, explosive offensive players in the league. You got Randall Cobb. Cobb, Yeah. You got Stevie Johnson. You know, those guys are like premier receivers. You know, they're one. They're one slash two. Receivers on the team. Yeah, Yeah. he kind of fell. He did his. I don't even talk about my Niners, man. After last night, yeah. That's, that was horrible. What was that? Man? I, I don't. I went to bed and they were up, and then I woke up and twenty-eight to seven. Yeah, it was just awful. Then you got to see Steve. What's his name? Philip Rivers in that bolo tie. <laughs> He's a bum. But um, but yeah, man, Kentucky. I mean, Mike, come on now. You you can't keep giving Kentucky this pass, man. They got they got to win. You know, get. I think they're selling people on the potential. It's getting better. Like they're selling people on the we're moving program. That's what I'm saying. I don't I don't buy it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) We're beating Louisville next year. 
Huh? We're beating Louisville next year. Well, I mean, I, I don't even think, like, I'm not even worried about it. Why? Because yeah. uh, Holloman will be gone. No. And, this is the best uh, year. We're going to be more talented. So. This was the best year. And Malden will be gone. This is our next year's our year. All of our, year. All of our gone, young guys so will finally be juniors and sophomores. We'll be ready. All right, we're at the end of the break. We're going to come back. We've got the, the greatest segment in radio. <laughs> Ashley's crazy on, on the other side of the hour. We'll be right back on the Weekend Sports Bus. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. It is that time, the time that everyone on Sunday morning is ready for the greatest segment in radio. Ashley's crazy. Ashley's loco, loco cinco. Otherwise, oh, you've got to do that over. I'm sorry, I can't. You know, <laughs> we're, we're live. It's just the way it is, and I'm not Kelly Patrick. I, you know, I. He just has a knack for saying Ashley's crazy. Ashley is crazy. I mean, I mean, Ashley's crazy. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I'm sure you got fast stories for us today. Well, I have four actually. Four, the okay. fifth one we already talked about, which was the Montrez Herald to punch or not to punch. Um, Story number two is on your boy Michael Phelps, which obviously Kelly Patrick would absolutely adore to hang out with. Um, He'd be really (laughs) excited about that. Um, But Michael Phelps actually this Friday showed up in a Baltimore court where he did plead uh, guilty to driving under influence. He got um, a DUI back in September, um, and his blood alcohol content was nearly twice the legal limit. So Phelps was given a one-year suspended sentence and 18 months probation, Meaning, basically, if he screws up in the next 18 months, he goes behind bars for a year. He's really good about spacing these little things out. You know? He is, actually. Yeah, yeah. Really, he spaces them out really well where like the marijuana charge doesn't yeah. affect him the next time. Yeah. And then he can compete and yeah, train, right. no big deal. Well, even this time, it says, um, basically, he must abstain from alcohol. He cannot abusively use drugs, which I, don't, I would like to know the definition <laughs> of. Um, he'll... He'll have to submit to drug and alcohol testing at the discretion of his probation officer, and he has to attend some self-help group meetings. Um, He will be allowed, however, to travel out of state for training sessions. Um, Apparently, he arrived with his mother, his sister, and his girlfriend, who was uh, Miss California 2010, Nicole Johnson. Man, see, how's he do that? Because he's not a good-looking guy. There's no way you can tell me that he's he's an Olympian. (laughs) We talked about this with Derek Jeter. Girls don't really pay Dude, attention to how attractive I still think that most are. women think Derek Jeter's a good-looking guy. They don't think he's good-looking. They think he has a nice pocketbook. Well, Phelps, Phelps is not like this unbelievable professional. I'm sure he's, he gets paid all right, but it's not like he's Derek Jeter paid. I mean, he's got freaking Subway. No. <laughs> I mean, he's got endurance, man. How would he? Huh? He's got endurance. Yeah. He's got endurance. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, I mean. There it is. <laughs> all right. Swim for miles. All right. And you said that with the straight face. You know what you're dealing with in those little Speedos, too, though, man. I mean, yeah. you, know, you know what you oh, got in there. There you go. And, you know, you can hold his breath for a long time. Oh, too. my God. My ears. <laughs> oh, my ears. All right. Okay. So um, I thought it was interesting. They said he can't abusively use drugs, which means he can use them, but only to a certain limit, which I want I want to know what that means. So how does that? Yeah, how does that work, Brandon? You're the what, attorney in the abuse, room. You can't abusively use drugs, but he's got to do drug testing. Never heard that. No. Yeah, I don't. I mean, unless they take, do they? Does he take something for swimming? Maybe they were trying to steroids, say, kind of thing. 
Maybe. Are you are you are you telling me that he takes steroids? Is that what we're saying over there? Are we? Well, are we accusing? No, just joking. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean he's basically just like anybody else who's on paper, who's on probation. They've got, you know, limitations to what they can do. Live the clean life. There you go. All right, what's number two? Uh, well, two, three, whatever you want to call it. Three, um, sure. OJ Mayo, the Milwaukee Bucks star, <laughs> now has. I haven't heard that name in a long time. I know. I was thinking the same thing when I read this, but um. He now has a $19,000 problem on his hands um, because the charter airline company says he didn't want to pony up the cash to, to fly and put the crew in danger by using illegal narcotics while aboard. Um, according to some lawsuit that was filed by, by Quantum Jets this week, <laughs> um, Mayo booked a flight from Houston to L.A., on July the 16th, but couldn't pay for the entire flight. He makes $8 million a year. Okay. <laughs> but the airline agreed he could give them a down payment and pay the rest the next day. But Quantum claims he never coughed up the dough. Further, he said they said that he used illegal narcotics during the flight. Um, the suit did not specify what type of drugs, but Quantum narcotics? Jets... Narcotics. Um, Quantum Jets is suing Mayo for breach of contract and negligence, and it wants at least $19,200 in damages plus interest. Um, and apparently OJ Mayo's not talking on it, but it's really interesting. Houston, LA is $19,000. Well, that's it's a private plane though. The damages, the, I guess what they didn't, he didn't pay. Well, I mean, again, the guy makes $8 million. This should not be a problem. How do these guys spend their money? I mean, it must be like, I mean, I know he's yeah. got to give 10% yeah. to his agent. He's probably got to give so much here. And something. You got the you kids. Yeah, but you're still, I mean, paying let's, them baby mamas. let's say that you still, at that eight, you're still clearing five. But if you think they're doing stuff like this. Instead of just buying a first-class ticket somewhere, they're booking a charter jet. Like, how much money are they just wasting? That doesn't even have anything to do with their house and cars that they're probably spending okay, a lot of money on, too. A million dollars would be 50 of those flights, right? That's math, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just telling you right now, I just, I don't know. It's a lot of count. But, you know, I heard somebody say, I heard Chris Carter say, uh, people was like, hey, man. How did like Antoine? How did Antoine Walker blow a hundred million dollars? And Chris Carter was like, "Man, people can't manage forty thousand dollars, let yeah. alone forty million. And know, there's so. truth to that. There's that's a, true. a guy, true. a guy I listen to a lot of as far as like business coaching stuff. So like, if you can't ma- manage, you know, fifty thousand dollars, how are you going to manage a hundred thousand dollars? Or how are you going to manage two hundred thousand dollars? It's the same. You know, it's, it's my thing now too. You, we um, kind of goes back to the conversation we've had, we've been having kind of on and off for the last year about. Um, that these are kids now too. Like yeah. these are like yeah. nineteen, twenty year olds that probably their whole life is like, man, when He's, I get, I'm gonna buy this. Yes, yeah, and it's the that. Instagram thing, right? I oh was my looking, gosh, I was looking on, you know, like it'll come. You know how Instagram comes you have up. You Instagram? Yeah. Let me find, find so, and follow you. So it comes <laughs> up like this is what's happening in your mm-hmm. with your friends or whoever. And it was this girl. She couldn't. She's like twenty years old, right? Man, she's got. She's got everything, you know. I don't even know. Whatever. Moschino, I don't even know if that's still out. Whatever. Whatever name brand, she's got it, right? Mm-hmm. And on it, on the caption, it goes, um, taking the picture with my baby daddy, uh, future, you know, my boo, baby daddy, future husband. And I was like, yeah, future husband, right? <laughs> but it's some guy to play for the Mavericks, right? Yeah. And I'm like, that's what it is, man. It's like, you know, everything's it's a video, about, photo yeah. shoot. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and know. it's also, you know, 
across the, the board. For the young kids. It, it's not even a matter if it's a NBA athlete or whatever. We do not mm-hmm. – our education system does nothing. You would think that every – it would be mandatory in high school to learn how to budget – and learn how to do all that kind of stuff. <laughs> they don't even learn how to write in cursive anymore. Right. So, like, they're definitely <laughs> right. not, they're not like getting the, their budget. Essential life skills that yeah. you need to have. I yeah. promise you, For no everybody. joke, this yeah. yesterday when I was seeing patients, I had a girl who was 15 was signing a consent with her mom for um, a birth control implant or whatever. And so we were like, put your signature on here. And she literally wrote her name in print. And we're like, can you, like, sign it in cursive? And she was like, what is that? Yeah. Yeah, I heard that they don't do that. They don't, yeah, some schools do and some schools don't. I mean, when I was – my signature was like a thing. Like, I practiced yeah. it for years. <laughs> sure. Like, and that's I still sad. do it on board, right? You're bored and you just kind of scribble your signature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I don't get asked for autographs like you do, though. I mean, oh, Miss Kentucky. All right. Yeah. Back to the stories. <laughs> <laughs> Next story, number three. It's an interesting story. but uh, Yeah, that is four. Um, Floyd Mayweather apparently is, you know, he keeps himself in the news. He keeps himself in the, the most local random Cinco. things. He does actually. <laughs> it's like every other week or every, every, at least every once a month. But he's apparently putting aside some of the brutal facts and paying. He paid for the funeral of the rapper um, who gunned down his wife in the bathtub and then shot himself. Um, so Floyd said Earl Hayes. He felt like that his family deserved a proper funeral despite the horrific thing he did. Apparently, um, back before this happened, Floyd was FaceTiming with Earl Hayes um, when the rapper snapped as they discussed how his wife, um, Stephanie Mosley, was cheating on him. Um, And then, obviously, later on, he went into the bathroom and shot her 10 or 12 times as she lay in the bathtub and then killed himself. So we don't know. I mean, obviously, we don't know if um, there was some speculation that maybe Floyd paid for her wedding or her funeral. Also, we don't know. But apparently he was urging Floyd was urging Hayes to break up with her like right before he lost it because he knew, I guess, that it was getting to this point where he was just going to lose it. But um, so it's interesting because there was a lot of people like giving him grief over. Yeah. Overpaying for the funeral because of the bad things that he did. Because this guy just like murdered his wife in the bathtub. Yeah. What? I mean, you do. So that's messed up. Did he pay for it? You don't. You didn't we didn't, it didn't say if he paid for hers or not. He definitely paid for her. Well, that's not his friend, right? The girl's not his friend. Yeah. You know. So, uh, bros. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Oh, All right. my goodness. Last story, number five. Um, another, I'm just going to read it. Um, so, Ray McDonald, one of your 49ers, uh-huh. defensive lineman, um, apparently was been in meetings with his lawyer in San Jose this week um, because, you know, two days before he was named a suspect in an alleged rape investigation, and was subsequently 86 by the Niners. Uh, apparently, Ray's pretty chill about it. Um, and this is somebody <laughs> that is chill. facing a second criminal investigation in six months um, and now has no job. But um, as they're leaving, I guess someone was talking, trying to get a comment out of him after he was leaving his attorney's office. And he wouldn't say anything, but his friend got in the camera and is like, there's going to be new information coming out soon. Which I mean I don't know what that means. Is but, he legally blind? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm just like, I don't understand why all these athletes are like, what? why are they raping people? It's not just athletes, though. I mean, just obviously that's what's yeah, they're just like, like, they're in the forefront, right? Yeah, celebrities, and they clearly don't have to do that. Oh, they no, hear I mean, girls he, all day. Is he a good looking guy? <laughs> Huh? Is he a good looking guy? No, I mean I don't think so. But I mean, it's just like Derek James. He kind like Brandon, actually. You want to look at? He's not a bad looking guy. He's not bad looking at all. But I mean, you know, it, uh, I feel like anybody with any type of notoriety, he might not get. have any skills though. He like, doesn't have to have skills. You got no, no. It's it's one of those types of things, right? You gotta like like sometimes you could talk your way out of something. That you were going to get if you just shut up, right? But he probably is like that, you know. He can't help himself. <laughs> what was that? One more time. <laughs> <laughs> and then when it comes down to you know sealing the deal, he's too awkward. And then he's like, "Well, it's all your fault." And then that's what you know. So basically, know. what you're saying is these guys need a Brandon J. Lawrence in tutorial on swag. Well, they just see. Here's the thing: right? <laughs> I'm 40, so these guys are in their 20s. And he is says he's 30. It's not a, oh, he's, oh, well, yeah. he should, he's 30. Oh, he's 30. He's 30. He's from older. Florida, so he should definitely have this together by I now. Mean, I'll tell you, I mean, the I girls just, are all over the well, place in Florida. The first thing I would hire if I was one of these guys down. is just oh, to have oh. one guy that his responsibility is to just make sure that I don't do anything stupid. <laughs> You know, that would be the person. Oh, yeah. yeah, you, you know? need that person with you. You need that time. person, the accountability partner. You're like paid accountability <laughs> partner, right? Yeah. But, it, you know. Hey, let me add a, can we add a good story? Sure. The Grizzlies. Did you all see this? Mm-mm. The Grizzlies, one of their, their team interns, so a kid that doesn't make a lot of money, had his car stolen. Mm. And Courtney Lee from Western Kentucky Aww, got like a whole kid. bunch of his teammates together, and they bought him, I think, a brand new Lexus. That's dope. So the Grizzlies went and punched wow. pitch in and got that kid a Lexus after his uh, – after his car was stolen. That's pretty cool. That's right? really awesome. So the guy was obviously really appreciated. and uh, it, it's, it's really, that's pretty cool. It's good yeah. to see athletes do things like that. So we yeah, can, it is. You know, put out that kind of stuff too. Absolutely. Yeah, good, so. Good yeah, I mean, I just found a picture. He's not the best looking guy, but he's not the worst looking guy either. So So you're saying Brandon's ugly? No, he does not look like Brandon. You don't think he looks like Brandon? <laughs> no, he has dreads. That's it. Uh, all right. McDonald. Might be. A little bit. Might be family. <laughs> He's that black Irish. Hey, what? No, no, that's a good thing. Yeah, black Irish. Black I Irish. am that. Well, yeah, I know a bunch that's of other stuff too, but huh? I said I have that mix. Hey, uh, black she, Irish. Mm-hmm. But I have some other stuff. In so, what's your uh, what's your winner of Ashley's Loco Cinco? What was your favorite story? I like the uh, Michael Phelps. Yeah, it probably wasn't like yeah. I like Michael Phelps. So yeah, Michael Phelps. I would say that was pretty interesting too. I had to kind of go with that Michael Phelps story. It's obviously the one we talked about the longest, but I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with OJ. I was thinking that I'm going with OJ, OJ. May. OJ May. And how, how you know? Yeah, you know, obviously, and he went to like five different high schools looking for the right kind of education. <laughs> Which means he missed and he quite just, a bit. He never got the whole budgeting skills. It's all about framing, and, Brandon. <laughs> You know, you know, he just kept on going to different <laughs> high schools. That's what it is, right? I can't believe that guy's like 27 years old now. I mean, it feels like. But again, he's been our in our forefront since he was, what, a seventh grader when he was playing at Rose Hill? And, was it? Yeah, so. I don't know, man. <laughs> O.J. Mayo, yeah, he's a baller. He played, didn't he play with uh, Romeo? Uh, no, that Romeo? was DeMar Rosen. Yeah. Yeah, he played with Romeo. 
All right. Uh, I also want to give a quick shout-out, though, to Trinity High School, who uh, they're playing down in the City of Palms, which is a big basketball event, national basketball event. They played Antonio Blakeney's team yesterday and beat them. Ooh, so uh, Raymond Spalding got getting the U of L revenge. Now Blakeney was the leading scorer, had 28 points, uh, but Trinity came out with a huge win. If anybody, and listen, I'm a San X guy, so this even pains me to say it. Trinity might have six Division One players on their team. So if you all want to get out and see some good basketball, Trinity's going to have a lot. Trinity plays tonight at 7:15 down in Florida, but they play the number one team in the country, Montverde, with the number one player Ben Simmons. Uh, so it'll be uh, a tough matchup for them for sure. So you need to give us the cool. schedule for when they come back. Who Trinity? Yeah, uh, I don't know Trinity's basketball schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you guess they got to go. Yeah, I'm saying X all the way. But still, they got it. Was saying X is not great this year. Basketball wise, yeah. Uh, well, you wanted football, right? Oh, no, no, Trinity won football. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Trinity Field won. hockey, lacrosse. We, we don't have <laughs> girls. No, well, you got it's male field hockey. Yeah, no, not in high schools. Oh no, no, oh, this Olympics. lacrosse though. Yeah, yeah lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Saint X, uh, Saint X usually does pretty well in lacrosse. Golf, so, golf. Yeah, we're country club sports. We're good at. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're right there. <laughs> we won baseball last year. So oh, okay, the there typical white guy sports. That's that's us. We're there. There we go, man. <laughs> white power, baby. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, with that, Shout we're going to take a James break. <laughs> <laughs> with that, we will take a break right now. We'll be right back on the Weekend Sports Bus. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Bus. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384 1450. Welcome back, Weekend Sports Buzz. Mike Kandoffel here with Ashley Miller. We had to say goodbye to our sponsor and host, Brandon J. Lawrence. He uh, took off, but he was it was great to have Brandon on the, yeah, on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Always is. I love having Brandon. He's always got a very unique perspective on things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but thanks again to Brandon, uh, our, our our sponsor, personal injury attorney, Brandon J. Lawrence, where the J stands for justice. Make sure you give Brandon a call for all of your personal injury needs. And... Uh, we're going to keep on trucking. We want you to hear uh, it's a great segment for you all to call in on 384-1450, the Oxmoor Ford uh, Lincoln Buzz Line. And we're going to, I guess, go back and talk a little bit more about this UKUFL game. Or can we talk about the UKUFL game, or do you have to worry about Cal State Northridge first? Oh, I'm always going to say what the next game is. What I really want to know is what's going to happen with Harold, and is he going to have like, to sit this one it's out? It's looking like he's not going to be suspended. Well, that's, that's good what, news. Uh, at least that's what uh, Jeff Greer, the CJ, is putting out there, is that uh, Harold will play against Cal State Northridge. Um, so, I also have to, I do have to give the Courier-Journal some love for the cleverness of their title of that game. It says, Cards Win by TKO. <laughs> I thought that was funny. It was. That, that's definitely funny. So, the, uh, you know... Overall, what do you think about Louisville having this Cal State Northridge game? Then they got Christmas. Do you think that uh, that they should have with the holiday being before the UK UL game? Should they have had this game right before Kentucky? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? It kind of makes your you either cheat the preparation for Cal State Northridge, which I'm sure is kind of what's going on, uh, but you have to prepare for them in some ways. Yeah. So I, honestly, I, I think I almost feel like it was by design. To keep them focused on something else other than, like, the hype surrounding the game. Yep. Because then it's like if they took that off, that game off, then they have, what, seven, eight days before, well, seven, oh, if it was after yesterday. It was a week. They have seven, a week, a yeah. week to. Which is what Kentucky's doing, by the way. Yeah, focus on them and get all in the 
the zone, which... Well, I don't know if it's much different. I mean, Cal, after the game yesterday, I know all those UK players flew home, um, and they get um, some time off before the holiday. Um, I'm sure they're going to have to be back I'm sure. on Christmas Day. I remember when I was at UofL and we played, um, Louisville played Kentucky, either the 26th or the 27th, so it was similar to this. Mm-hmm. We practiced twice on Christmas. Yeah, so, I was going to say, I don't think... Especially considering the, the makeup of this situation, they're not going home. No, Louisville's, those, def- Louisville's yeah, not going home. De- uh, Kentucky's getting a small little break where they get to go home, but yeah, those Louisville guys are going to stay here and uh, spend the holidays. Which could be a could be for their benefit. Uh, it could be a great team building thing, you know. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, I'm sure that they'll probably all get together and have a nice dinner somewhere. Maybe over coach's house. I don't know how he does it. Um, but it's the the positioning of this Cal State Northridge game. I thought was was pretty. Um, interesting, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and I don't know exactly how I do feel about it. I mean, I could see it go either way. I could see where it could benefit them, and I could also see where it could hurt them. Um, but there's definitely no doubt about it. I mean, where how big – I'm trying to remember the last time Kentucky and Louisville were both undefeated going into this game. I don't – know if it's ever happened. I don't I don't know if that's happened before. I mean uh, – Because normally one or both have dropped one, at least one. Right. By this point. Yeah, I mean – Gosh, there's so many storylines going in the store into this game, which makes it exciting. Absolutely, I mean, mm-hmm. and, I, and I, I think both teams. If I had to pick a Final Four right now, um, I have five teams that I would consider to be considering they don't put us in the same bracket again, which could happen if Louisville's the one seed or if there are two seeds. Going to depend on it's that. Even if there are two seed, they can't put them in the same bracket. They can't put the best two seed in with the best one seed. That's terrible. Um, assuming Kentucky. I will probably gripe about that for the rest of my life. <laughs> about being in the same bracket, you know. It, yeah, I just always think that in-state rivals should not be in the same bracket in in the NCAA tournament. Um, ever they they did. Um, it would be awesome if they could meet for that national title game. Yeah, like you know? that would be absolutely amazing. Do you the know how much four, money they yeah. make on that game? On the national championship game? Yeah. Louisville, Kentucky, and national championship game. But the problem is... They make so much money. Yeah, but they probably wouldn't make much more than they would normally make anyway. Mm. But if you have like a Sweet 16 matchup between Louisville and Kentucky, would make a lot more than a normal I'd Sweet 16 rather, matchup. I'd, I'd do Final Four. Maybe Elite Eight would be okay with Yeah. Me, I do think that, like I said, both these teams are the two best defensive teams in college basketball. I think, um, and they're both extremely difficult to prepare for. Mm-hmm. All right, Kentucky. Too many weapons. Well, I think for Kentucky, you guys have a lot of weapons. You don't really know who's going to step up. Who's going to step up and when, how? And the leading scorer for Kentucky right now is averaging ten points a game, mm-hmm. and they're all so they're all coming at you. And uh, so it's not like you can concentrate on one guy. And it's like this is the guy we got to stop. Sure. But I do think that Louisville's defense uh, it's going to be something Kentucky's never seen before. It's gonna, sure. it could cause a lot of troubles. Uh, as far as the shooting percentage wise goes, actually, and then that's not even really the key because if Louisville, um, if Kentucky's getting shots off, that's probably a good thing. Yeah, even they're, if they're I think they're going to get a lot of shots off because I think that's the design of the defense that Louisville plays. But see, what really where the Louisville would I think would benefit is if they could turn them over mm-hmm. because um, you know Kentucky being such a good offensive rebounding team, if they have to uh, if they have to rely on out rebounding Kentucky. I don't think that's no, a good that's strategy. A ba- that's a bad situation for us. Douglas. We got somebody on the line. Oh, I'm hearing some fuss. All right. Anyway, um, yeah, I just 
I feel like uh, that's really not what Louisville wants to do. Now, if they turned him over and got him to go in transition, because that's the one thing I noticed about Louisville yesterday in the Western Kentucky game, and I know you didn't get to see it. Mm-hmm. But even in general, Louisville's half-court offense has not looked very good. Nope. I don't think, yeah, I think you're right. We're better when we're running and gunning. And uh, to be fair, I don't think Kentucky's, with the exception of yesterday, mm-hmm. um, Kentucky's half-court offense hasn't looked very good either. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they don't have to do it very often, so it's kind of almost like, dang, I forget. what am I supposed to be doing again? Or it's so easy to get it inside to one of those big guys. But that's they where, don't really have to run the play. That's where the key for UK yesterday was being able to, to hit those uh, outside shots. And when they were stroking the three like that, it opens up so much around the basket. Uh, I mean, it was it was a perfect storm for Kentucky yesterday. and uh, They took it out on Steve Alford and, and UCLA. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if Kentucky plays that way against the – I don't think – I think yeah, I think this is a Kentucky win. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think Louisville's capable of beating Kentucky though. Yeah, I think in order for us to have a shot, a we've got to keep them off the offensive glass as much as possible. B, um, I think you mentioned turning them over. I think uh, I would say turning them over slash forcing them into quick shots that they don't want to take. But they that's you know I I think forcing them to pick the pace up or at least um, decreasing the. Their shot selection, they need to push them into some hurried shots. I think, well, a significant amount of them, not just some, but <laughs> I think that would be helpful. We need a um, solid game from Rozier, which doesn't actually concern me at all because I think that he is so cool, calm, and collected almost always. I would expect a, cool, a good game from Rozier. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, we need a big game from him. We need uh, Jones to not play like Russ Smith. Who I adore, so that's not a shot at him. But we don't just don't need him jacking shots all the time. And uh, we need a a solid game from Harrell. Not he can't foul out. Um, everything everything else would be accessory. But I feel like those are the things we need. One also, I think you need to have a, the the trio of Anas and Shinanu and Mango mm-hmm. to go in there and really get quality. Yeah, I, I honestly I feel like. Uh, Anas had some unbelievable plays yesterday. You know what? I'm so excited about that kid. I just wish he. I wish we could like put him in a chamber and put like 40 pounds on him and bring him out and like see what would happen. <laughs> but uh, I I really anticipate Mango getting the start just because he's bigger and longer. Um, he's playing better right now. He too. is playing a lot better. I, feel I like don't know what's going on with Shinani right now. He's he's a, in a weird little bit of a funk. In a funk. Like he started off really great and then. He just, I don't know. I also was thinking about, in relation to him, like how Patino has a knack for like taking players' confidence and then giving it back to them at the right time. Right. Um, I think he did that with, jeez, um, I can see his face right now, but I can't. Shooter from last season, just graduated. Hancock? Yeah, he did that with Hancock midseason, um, the year we won the national championship. Mm-hmm. Like he had no confidence at all. He was terrible, and then gave it back. And then he came, became the man. So hopefully that's what's happening behind closed doors. Well, you, I mean, it's not it's not usual for U of L freshmen to play this much, you know. And I no, think ever. The adjustment is still huge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, so I don't I don't know if that's part of it or not. But it, to me, uh, everyone thinks that a quicker pace benefits Louisville, and I don't think it does. Mm. Just because the to me Kentucky's big guys can run better than Louisville's big guys. Well, I think that we're accustomed to that fast tempo, like, kind of crazy. 
I feel like U of L plays in chaos. They play well in chaos. I don't know. I haven't watched enough UK basketball to know whether or not they do. But um, I think the fast tempo makes sense in terms of rushing them, like forcing them into really quick shots. And then junking up the game. Yeah, yeah, making it messy. I think that works in our favor if we get offensive, stop them from getting offensive rebounds. Because, I mean, it doesn't make any, it doesn't And that's, help. that's a tall order. It's I mean, a I, huge order because they're all so long. But it's like it doesn't help you to force them into quick shots that are bad shots and then let them get rebound put back or rebound dunks or whatever. So I think we have a tall order. Can we win that game? Yes, but we have to have, everybody needs to be clicking all cylinders together. What do you expect the spread to be? I think it's going to be close. You think the spread will be close? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's going to be at least nine. Yeah, I would say I would say under ten for sure. And I would say if it becomes more than that, it's because of free throws at the end or something like that. But I anticipate it going like six six points maybe. Uh, no one's stayed within 10 of Kentucky yet, so it'll be interesting to see if, if Lloyd was able to do so. But like I said, the the unknown of how Kentucky is going to handle their first road game, this should – and that's a, to me a major scheduling faux pas. This should not yeah, be Kentucky's first true. Road, no, road ball. No, definitely not because you want to. And as much as everybody is, everyone hates Western Kentucky right now after that game. Like you've got to put guys in environments like that to test them. Yeah, to test them. Um, and even like I mean, obviously the Madison Square Garden wasn't really. It wasn't a huge. Yeah, it, it was a, a big test a with floor. Indiana. It's a neutral floor, but it's a big stage and a different atmosphere it's like you want to get those guys that type of experience so it's not like oh my gosh this is the first time I've done this and having fans screaming at you and all that stuff because I mean it's it's easy to get comfortable in your own bubble well the neutral floor games get you ready for the NCAA tournament games sure but the the hostile environment away games Mm -hmm. get you ready for conference play yeah and uh, yeah, I'm really surprised that you guys didn't have like a a big world game before now because like you said especially when you have um like so many young guys on the team, it's like how do they respond to that environment? Do they? Because I mean, some players peak and they they show off, and some of them are like totally thrown off, and that I, that's a the unknown you don't really want to have going into. Have you ever been to WKU mm-hmm. for a game? Yeah, once, we used once to, been full. Yeah, yeah, we used to play state tournament games there. But oh I've yeah, been that's up right. There. Yeah, my, it gets loud. My, yeah, it's really loud. I mean, I I'll even venture that that environment last night will be. On par with any environment that they're going to see in the ACC. Oh, sure. You know, probably Cameron mm-hmm. would be the only one that would definitely be outside of that. Mm. Uh, but, like, the North Carolina, the Dean Dome, does not have a great atmosphere. Um, so, I mean, that, to me, they're they're going to look back at that Western game as just being an invaluable experience builder type game. Um, and I, I think it's going to really help them out. I think they're going to come out and they're going to play really well against Cal State Northridge. Mm-hmm. Um I do expect for them to come into that UK UL game and junk it up a lot like they did with DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, let's be real. When you have somebody on that team, if you feel like uh, that you can get in their head or or whatever, you're going to do chippy little things to kind of get in that player's head. Oh, sure. and you've been on – that's in every scouting report. I mean, uh, when especially if you're the, uh, the the underdog and you got a way of kind of – it's just like what Kentucky's football team did, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, that's part of, the, of a strategy. You got to show that you're there. And um, that's why I don't really mind what Kentucky's football team did, mm-hmm. you know. And then, uh, but the same kind of thing could happen again, where they kind of try to to be. They hit, to me had to be physical with Kentucky to see if they'll back down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's got to be a big part of what the game is. Sure. Um, I think. I mean, gosh, this is going to be. 
a really interesting game, and I know the atmosphere is probably going to be absolutely crazy. It's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, the atmosphere there will be just unbelievable hype, and I, I'm really excited. I'm hoping that we might actually have a show Friday uh, to kind of preview it, but I'm not sure if we're going to get that done or not. If we do, it'll be Friday at 4 o'clock, uh, and then we'll the game's obviously Saturday on ESPN2, which kind of stinks. You know, we feel like it should be on that national stage, but because of the ACC's television deal, it has mm-hmm. to be on ESPN. Um, That's so lame. Two o'clock, I think, is the game time, and then we'll be back here on Sunday talking about it. I'm sure. Yeah. If it's anything like after the UK football, UK football football game, we get all kinds. We'll of, have a lot of things to talk about. That <laughs> might be the whole two hours, and then we've got to give ourselves a smidge to talk about the bowl game because then I'll be leaving the next day. Yeah, we Woo-hoo. definitely got to talk about the bowl bowl. You know, mm-hmm. uh, again, because that's just going to be a, a Louisville gets another shot at an SEC team, and I think that's they take that very seriously, mm-hmm. and uh, they're. 100% capable of beating Georgia. Yeah. Uh, and your system, the Ashley Miller system, says that Louisville wins, right? Yeah. The system is for the cards, which was really interesting because I wanted to see. I don't know anything about – I haven't watched Georgia play at all this season, but just looking at the numbers, the odds are ever in our favor. They've been very inconsistent is all I can say about mm-hmm. Georgia this year. And, uh, you know, obviously the SEC East was not fantastic or Missouri would not have been the – Pick at the SEC, the the SEC champion. So, uh, all right, we will. Uh, we're going to head to our last break of the show. We'll come right back, and we're going to put that Ashley Miller system to work again to see what her NFL picks are for this year, dun, dun, for dun. this week, going into Week 16 of the NFL season. We'll be right back on the weekend sports bus. You're listening to the weekend sports bus. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Welcome back. Last segment of the this holiday edition of the Weekend Sports Bus. Are you excited about Christmas? I I am, actually. My mom is in town. Uh, my mom lives in California. Oh, nice. Did you grow yeah. up in California? You didn't grow up in California. I grew up here. Yeah. But her job actually moved her out there. What part of Cali? Um, she lives in Glendora. It's like 45 minutes south of L.A. Okay. Awesome, awesome area. And um, so she's been out there for a little over two years now. I haven't seen her since February, so she got in town this weekend, and um, so I'm really no, she's in church. (laughs) But um, I started to drag her over here, but she wanted to see her friends at her old church, so that's understandable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really excited to have her here. I haven't seen her in a while, and um, I got to see my big cousin, who actually now lives in Bowling Green, but came up for the weekend too, um, and see my big cousin. He's what 36. Yeah. Super hottie, if I must say so myself. <laughs> um, All right. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite cousin ahead. ever. It was like one of my like, best friends growing up. It was kind of like my big brother because I didn't have an older sibling. But yeah, it's been awesome just to see my family and um, you know get some quality downtime because I haven't had that in quite a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I have not done any Christmas shopping, though. Really? <laughs> I do this every well, year. I, I, I'll give you my list later so you can tell me. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, the it's uh, for us it's like school gets out and on Friday and the kids are sick, man. It's just so like we're hoping they just get better before the yeah. holidays start. So do your kids still believe in Santa Claus? Well, are they? There's we have kids probably listening right now, so there is a Santa Claus. Oh, you know, whoops. That's yeah, what I mean. obviously. Yeah. Actually, I took a picture with Santa Claus this week, a selfie, and I was able to sit on his lap and tell my Christmas list. But uh, yeah, so that, I'm sure that was interesting. Mm-hmm. It was. 
Well, let's get into these games so we can hear the Ashley. My, my only thing I want for Christmas is so I want to know what the Ashley Miller system is. That's the only thing I want. No so. such love. Aww. Look at my picture. Aww. Aww. All my uh, friends on here that aren't following me on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at Ashley, or wait, I think it's Dr. Now. It is Dr. Dr. Ashley. Ashley Daniel, or Ashley D. Miller. And you can see my selfie with Santa. There you go. And then you can follow me. It'll at, change your life. <laughs> you can follow me at Derby BB Classic, and I'm gonna. Uh, I'll start getting out to some events here pretty soon too. So if you want to get basketball recruiting news and stuff like that, we that's usually what I put out on, on my stuff. Awesome. Uh, all right, let's get into these games. And there's gonna be some really good games this week because even with the system, it was kind of tough. Well, that and you know you still have some things up in the air. I mean, uh, there's playoff playoff spots up in the air, and they gotta they gotta get after it. And so we'll start with the game that means nothing, uh, but. Louisville fans will think it means something because Minnesota and Teddy Bridgewater, who almost pulled off a huge upset last week against Detroit, yeah, um, going to Miami. So Teddy's going home. Yeah, he is. Now That's Miami cool. is a four-point favorite here, mm-hmm. but I don't think you can underscore Teddy going home. No. I, I mean, I think this is – I'm going to go ahead. I'm taking Minnesota in this one because I think Teddy's going to ball out in this. I think he might. I'm, I actually I – I picked the Dolphins. Um, because the system says the Dolphins, but what I know about Teddy Bridgewater made me very uneasy doing that. So but I have to stay Dolphins. true. Yeah, have to stay true to the system. All right, and Kelly's taking the Dolphins. You know, we should just we should pick four Kelly. Yeah, we should. And yeah. this probably do better. <laughs> <laughs> right, because he does not have a system at all. He just like picks people. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens go on the road. They're a seven point road favorite going to play the Houston Texans. Um, I had to take Baltimore in this. Yeah, I I picked the Ravens, but I do think it's going to be a closer game than that. Well, we got Baltimore's actually playing for something. They're still in the hunt for a playoff spot. Um, and Houston, uh, you know, Houston's on the outside looking, and their season's over. So you, Baltimore has to win to keep faith. And so all three of us will be taking the Ravens. Okay. Mm-hmm. Detroit playing, still playing. They are definitely in the playoffs, but they would like to win that division. Um, and they are a nine and a half point favorite over the Chicago Bears. Uh, who, of course, has just been terrible. This is setting up. Detroit wins this week, Green Bay wins this week, and then they play next week for the division champions uh, and, and possibly a bye. So uh, this is a, a huge game for Detroit to make sure that they hold in, and I I would I as well think Detroit would do so. Nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, I have lines. And so does Kelly. Uh, Cleveland going to play Carolina. and Did I see something that uh, – is Cam Newton going to play? I don't know because I I read something last night that seemed to indicate that he was not, but then I also I think I saw something this morning that indicated that he might. So that's a question mark. And they're uh, they're obviously still in the hunt to win the NFC South, even though they're five eight and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they need New Orleans to lose, and they need they need to take care of business day against care uh, against Cleveland. Uh, and I don't even know what's going on there with Johnny Manziel. Is he going to start? It looked. It said uh, when I was reading ESPN said um, the line was Johnny Manziel's first career start couldn't have gone much worse. But the slumping slumping Cleveland Browns are sticking with him. So All it right. looks like he's playing. Well, then I'm definitely taking Carolina. Yeah, I have the Panthers. And then Kelly is taking Carolina as well. So that sets up the matchup: Atlanta at New Orleans. Yeah, wishy washy uh, versus wishy washy. <laughs> right, and New Orleans is still in uh, and is still the leader for that division by the half game. Uh, but Atlanta still is in contention as well. So when you got uh, New Orleans with six wins, Carolina with five and a half wins because they got the tie, and then Atlanta with five wins. Atlanta needs this win, uh, but it's in New Orleans, and uh, I think that's going to be enough for New Orleans to win it. Yeah, I have New Orleans for this game as well. And then Kelly is also taking the Saints. So for right now, we agree on everything except for me taking Minnesota um, in that first game. 
And I'm sure we're going to agree on this one because Green Bay is playing the terrible Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Even though Green Bay is not the same team on the road as they are at home, Tampa Bay is awful. And so Green Bay is a 12.5-point favorite. I do not think they cover, but I do think they win. Mm-hmm. And Kelly picks in Green Bay as well. So you're taking that? Yeah. Green Bay? Packers. That leads to what I think is going to be a great matchup. Uh, Kansas City mm-hmm. is going to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. This is going to be a good game, I think. Absolutely. And uh, Kansas City still could potentially get a wild card spot. Um, so they, they need the win, for uh, especially with San Diego winning last night. They were really hoping the Niners would have won. Kansas City needs this game. Pittsburgh needs this game and could still potentially win the AFC North, uh, especially since the Bengals are going to have a tough game this week. This game is in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a three-point favorite. Who you got? Steelers. Taking the Steelers. Kelly's taking the Steelers, and I'm taking the Steelers. This is weird. <coughs> Excuse me. Now we get into uh, an, an AFC North showdown where New England goes to play the New York Jets. New England is a 10.5-point favorite. But this, <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is a rivalry game. Yeah. And people got to realize that. Because I, I actually looked back to um, they show previous matchups against when they played October 16th of this year. The Patriots won twenty seven to twenty five. And that was and in New England. That was in New England. And now you're in New York. Twenty thirteen, uh they played twice. Um New England they were both both games were decided by three points. The first one was New England twenty seven well actually they lost twenty seven to thirty. And then um the other game, which I assume was at New England, they won thirteen to ten. So a ten and a half point spread on this is ridiculous. I think it is ridiculous. So I um I, I I'm not confident enough to pick the Jets. Yeah, I, I pick the Patriots for sure. The system definitely clearly leans to the to the Patriots, but I think it's going to be closer than that spread. So all three of us are taking New England. The other team in New York, the New York Football Giants, are playing um, St. Louis, and uh, I think the Rams have been playing really well. Um, and this game's in St. Louis, and I am taking the Rams. And for some reason, I did not write down the spread on this one. Mm. But you need well, I'm taking um, I'm taking the Giants in this game. You're taking the Giants in this mm-hmm. one. All right, so we got one where we disagree. In the I league. know that's awesome though. I mean, that's what you know. That's what Megatron to, to step up today <laughs> for for Detroit. Oh wait, did I just say that? I yeah, said that. you're talking about Beckham. I mean Beckham. Beckham's been playing unbelievable. I mean, this he has really just come on the scene like like no one's business. Yeah, he's been playing his butt off. So you're taking the Giants, and and Kelly is uh, is taking the Rams. So you're going on the limb here. I'm going out on the limb. All right, Buffalo is a seven-point favorite on the road playing at Oakland, an Oakland team that I think is playing much better. And uh, Buffalo is a team that I think is not playing much better, and I'm I'm actually going to take the Raiders at home. Mm, I'm taking the Bills. And so is Kelly. Indianapolis. This is uh, a huge game here locally. Um Indianapolis goes to Dallas. Dallas is a three point home, fa- three and a half point favorite at home. This is going to be an awesome game. And it's a huge game for both. Dallas is still two games up on Philadelphia. Um, they win today, and I guess they clinch the division. Um, in Indianapolis, uh, you know, but they're still not even a lock to make the playoffs. I guess there's a scenario where Dallas loses these last two games where they could still miss the playoffs altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, Indianapolis has already clinched their division. Uh, but they're still playing for position to make sure they can get a bye. Uh, so there's something in here for everyone. It means a little bit more to Dallas. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm taking the Colts. And Kelly is taking the Cowboys. And that, I think, is going to be a really good game along with this next one that we're about to talk about. Seattle at Arizona. Mm-hmm. Arizona with their quarterback issues. Uh, Seattle needs this win. 
again, to keep pace, this will this would even up this division. Um, I think Seattle's playing as good as anyone right now. They're mm-hmm. a nine-point favorite, and I am taking the Seahawks. Me too. I don't think it's a nine-point game, but I'm definitely picking the Seahawks. And so is Kelly. Denver's at now. This is this is a huge game locally. This is the Monday night game here in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. The Broncos come to town. Denver at Cincinnati. Denver is a three and a half point favorite. Denver has locked up their division. They've uh, pretty much they have locked up a a buy, but uh, this would I think this win would clinch it for them. Uh, so they're still playing for a little something. Cincinnati to me is playing for a whole lot more. I'm going to go with the Bengals. And I'm going with the Broncos. And Kelly's going with the Broncos as well. All right. Looking forward to a good Sunday of football action. Hopefully yeah. better than the Saturday that we had to sit through yesterday. Yeah, that was bad. I just, Actually, I'm really proud of the system that I've created. Like last week, I get, what was that, 12 and 3 or 13 and 3? Uh, like I actually haven't. I got them all right here. But I, I haven't titled it up, up. yet. Um, for the 14th, yeah, it was 12 and 3 last week. So I mean your your system ever since you've gone there you've definitely been the best picker. Yeah, out of all I mean, of us. and you know what? I feel like the system, the more data you have, is better. Yeah, as the season goes on, it's like you can get a clear picture of what the teams really are. And what so when do you start? When do you start gambling on on football games here? Then I don't know. I probably need to start. People keep telling me that. Of course, the system doesn't work against. I, guess, I don't gamble at all. I wish uh, you know. Hopefully, Kentucky would buck the system. I wish Kentucky would buck the system and. Not forget about casino games. I need to get Put a, it in the sports book. Yeah, sports book would be dope. We spent a lot of that would be a huge revenue for the state of Kentucky. That would be unbelievable. <laughs> if I say if I must say so myself. Um hmm. I wonder if there's a system that I can establish for college basketball. Uh oh. I'm gonna work on that this yeah. week and see what I can come up with. Related a little bit. A lot of people like to use those Kim Palm ratings, which uh, I think are usually pretty good too. And uh, we were talking about whether or not Kentucky and Louisville have the two best defenses, and they got Kentucky ranked number one, Louisville ranked number two. Um, surprisingly enough, and I think, well, I guess it's not a surprise because we talked about this a little bit. Kentucky's offense is number four. Mm. Louisville's offense is thirty-five. Mm. You know, getting that offense together for Louisville, I expect that to happen though. I think that they're going to really grow a lot offensively. Yeah, I mean, they just got so many new pieces. Yeah, they've got a figure out each other. The chemistry is a huge thing. I think that just comes over time. So we're winding down right now. You expect to see Shaquan Aaron on the floor against Cal State Northridge? Yes. I definitely expect to see him out there. Um, you know, to see what what does he have? What can he contribute um, to the Cardinals in this season? I think he's got to get his feet wet, and I think that's a perfect game well, for him, too. And do you think that they need him in that Kentucky game? Yes. And from the death standpoint, from I would his, say yes. From death standpoint, from length standpoint, I think absolutely we definitely need him in that game. So I, I think that you're going to have to see what he's made of because if, if Louisville to have a, a a better shot of beating Kentucky, uh, Shaquan Aaron's got to be a factor. Oh, he has to be. So, uh, yeah, that's we'll get in there. That We'll see a lot from that Cal State Northridge side from hopefully just seeing. You know, and maybe Rick didn't want to put him in on a road game. So that, that home game to see him go out there and play. That's good for the uh, fans, too, the first time we get to see him play is in home. It'll be a pretty uh, big-time ovation, I guess, when he goes in the game for the mm-hmm. first time. You know? People have been waiting and waiting. And uh, unfortunately, you know, Anton Gill's had his opportunity to oh, take that spot, and he's geez. just He's, he's just not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's struggling. And he has, like, one great game, and then he's gone again. So it will. Uh, he'll get – He'll get challenged a little bit to keep that spot. Hopefully that will get him to pick up. You know, I just think his shot's off. I, yeah, I, it is really off. And, and then, I don't know if that's con- – I think that has to be confidence. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, and hopefully he gets it together uh, because 
if <clears throat> the other thing that I found interesting in college basketball, because we're really almost done, if Duke keeps on winning, Coach K gets his thousandth win mm. at the Young Center. Well, if he beats Louisville. That well. So that would be uh, pretty awesome too if uh, that if Cal. No one wants to be in the record books for that. No. All right. Well, we're done. <laughs> Everyone have a merry Christmas and a happy holidays, and we will talk to you next week. Talking after the UK U of L basketball game. Uh, have a great Christmas. Bye.